Welcome to the Tech Study Hall podcast with your host, my dad, Dr. Rich Smith. Let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 101 of the Tech Study Hall podcast. My name is Rich, and I want to welcome you to the first of what I hope is many episodes of Tech Study Hall to come. I want to thank my son, Finn, for giving me the introduction. He loves everything about video and audio mixing, so it seemed like a great fit to have him help me with that intro. And while it took us a few takes to get it down, we had a lot of fun making it together um, and learning that process to make the introduction for the podcast. And isn't that all what it's about is learning together and having fun while we do it. So who am I? Um, As my son said, my name is Dr. Rich Smith, and I received my doctorate in education from Capella University this year as a teacher leader in digital transformation. What does that mean? Well, what that means is that I've spent a lot of time uh, in research looking at education design theory and evaluating ed tech tools and looking at 21st century learning to accent the curriculum that we teach every day. Uh, My journey in ed tech didn't start there, though. Um, I've always looked at my teaching style as something that's been in constant flux, you know, looking for the best way to reach my learners through tips and tricks and tools and makes the learning real world applicable to real life and or takeaways to remember along their journey. I did this as a trainer when I worked in private industry and government, moved a freshman orientation class into blended learning modality in higher ed, and then as I moved into K-12, I looked for a way to blend tech into learning and really honed my passion with my colleagues, sharing collaboration and STEM learning concepts as well. So that's what I bring to the table when we do this podcast is um, some fresh perspectives, but more so I want to grow Tech Study Hall to be a place where teachers can visit, relax a little, and keep, but keep the ideas turning to integrate technology into their lessons in a meaningful way. So much like the study halls our students go to uh, on a daily basis, it may not be rigorous learning like a normal class, but a place to concentrate, maybe refocus our energy a little bit on something that interests you at a pace that you might enjoy. So I hear so often from teachers that they fear technology, and that really it really makes me sad, um, you know, how they don't want the technology to take over their lessons. But I'm here to say that tech should accent the lesson to make it meaningful and memorable. Uh, We should be building those learning experiences for our classrooms. So there's no pushing here to use it, but rather to fear less about exploring it. And I wanted to start a podcast that allows you to take some small steps towards your tech independence. So enjoy the podcast and please come back as often as you'd like. Um, I enjoy hearing about your journeys as you explore. So if you ever wanted to be a guest on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us. Um, I'd love to have you on so we can hear about the great things happening in your classroom because it really is about exploration for all of us, really. Exploration and collaboration are the keys. So my first interest officially in ed tech was a course that I took during my master's program and it allowed me to learn how to teach online while taking my very first class online, which was so strange to me. It was a weird concept to be online learning for the first time while learning how to teach. But really that class was less about how to teach online and more about being free to explore the tools in a safe environment, to test them out, to see how they worked, to see how I liked them, to see if I would use them, if they were beneficial. And I would love that to be what this experience at Tech Study Hall is all about, a place for you to explore learning concepts, You know, maybe a little intrigue on how you can add something cool to, to accent your learning in the classroom, to collaborate, to share, and even incorporate a little tech along the way in a nice, safe environment. My goal in the future is to tap into some of my colleagues to join me on the podcast because, as we know, some of our best learning happens 
when we are open to collaborate with one another. So if you're interested in joining me on this podcast journey, feel free to email me at rmstechspot at gmail.com or you can visit our website at www.techstudyhall.org. We'd love to have you on. So typically what we would do next is go into uh, our roll call segment here at Tech Study Hall where we introduce our guests, but we don't have one for our very first episode. So we're going to move right into what I call the lesson segment. And uh, since we're starting this podcast, I'd like to talk a little more about why you might consider doing the same for your classroom. So let me just start with a little story. When I was a, an undergrad at Kent State University, go Flashes, um, I took this physics course where it was a general physics course that people took for their science requirements. And if you happen to miss a class for whatever reason, um, you would go during the office hours to visit your professor. And that particular professor had recorded every single one of his lectures on a cassette tape, which I found fascinating because you walk into his office and he had almost a whole wall full of cassette tape lectures that he would put up there. And if you, you tell him what day you missed in class, he would figure out what lesson it was he was teaching. You'd pull that cassette tape off the wall. You would take it with you, bring it back to him when you were finished after you listened to it on your Walkman or your boombox, whatever it was in the 90s that we were listening to. Um, and that was it. That was how you caught up the class. You kept your learning engaged because maybe you couldn't be there physically, but they wanted you to still have the information. And you know, thinking about that, how revolutionary that was at the time for someone to have the foresight take a cassette tape with them to their courses you know plug it into their microphone system and record themselves while they were teaching you know and, and we look at the evolution of what that is today we look at youtube we look at these podcasts we look at all these different ways and that was kind of setting the stage for me in my mind the precursor of asynchronous learning right being able to learn at a time that is good for you maybe you couldn't make that class time but the professor took the opportunity for us to be able to make up that class as we went along so i've been wanting to start this podcast for the last two years and at the time, I was working on my doctoral studies, and I used the excuse that I was in school as the reason for not following through on building it. And this was about the time when I started a new course at Lake Catholic High School as well called Digital Media Production. I was teaching this course to aid in producing the daily news broadcast primarily at school, but I thought it'd be a great way for us to reinforce with the students how they could learn all about the different facets of digital media, including podcasting. So I learned about how to set them up, and it was kind of a dual purpose for me to teach the students how to do a podcast properly and to figure out uh, some of the tips and tricks for myself as well. Now, time always seemed to be a factor, though, so here I am two years later, and I'm finally making this podcast after lots of planning, but mostly excuses. My class, though, really loved the podcasting experience, so the first thing I wanted to give you as a reason for doing the podcast is that... Um, you know, to teach the students a lot about responsible digital citizenship, you know, teaching the plan, the research side of things, legally acquiring music and sound effects are all great ways to support a responsible presence online, especially in the realm of social media. You know, social media seems to be where our, our students tend to live sometimes. And so we need to, it's our responsibility really along the way um, as 21st century learners to teach them how to coexist in that world. So the second reason I would give you for starting a podcast for your classroom is that it's a great way to keep the students engaged. Students listen to podcasts and they watch YouTube videos as a source of information. So why shouldn't it be something that they need for your class? And it's for the same reason that others say to use digital flashcards, students can take the podcast with them and listen on the way to a game or maybe riding home in their car or on a bus. To give them a voice 
and choice over when to study, and they have the opportunity to get that information consistently if you're delivering it through a podcast. The third reason I give you for um, planning a podcast for your classroom is that it helps to reinforce research and writing. And it takes a lot of planning to do a podcast. You know, have them create outlines to their topics, including the research they've used to support their position. And, you know, there's a lot of creative ways to develop some critical thinking skills with a podcast. Now that we've talked about some reasons to do podcasting in your classroom, let's talk about some ideas that you might be able to use the podcast for in your classroom. Uh, the first one I'm going to go over is to use it as a study guide. One of the teachers uh, at our school just recently came up to me and asked about podcasting, whether or not it was easy or whether or not they could do it. And, I, you know, I'm a firm believer in saying you can do anything if you put your mind to it. And uh, this teacher came up to me and said, I'd like to be able to provide a study guide for my classroom that's meaningful. You know, that's not a bunch of worksheets or taking a more class time even. To, to go over material that we've already covered. And so I thought about the idea of doing a podcast, and I thought it was an amazing idea because you can use that podcast as a way to review for any kind of an upcoming test or project to cover key points that you wish for your students to know to make sure that you're reinforcing the concepts that you find to be important for that conversation or that examination. So um, I think that's the number one reason. You know, Use it as a way to reinforce concepts in your classroom. Use it as a study guide. The second idea I would give you is it's a great way to start flipping your classroom. You know, you could do a podcast to cover notes for class, and so that way you have a library of notes available for students who might need to differentiate um, and re use that as reinforcement so they could listen to it as many times as they want to help grasp the concepts of the lecture that you're trying to um, explore in class. Or if you're using it for the student, have them listen to it the night before so that they're ready to have more of a discussion about what's going on in the classroom as opposed to just you know, spoon feeding them notes. And it's also a great way for those people who are absent to hear a consistent message inside of your classroom, much like we talked about the Kent State example. The third reason to start a podcast in your classroom is that you could use it to reinforce reading. You could build a podcast all around a book and have the students read along with you. It really does help to build the reading stamina. Um, and this could become a station in your classroom or it can be an assignment at night. But we've all done books on tape or on CD or downloaded books. And uh, this could be that, but 2.0. So reading along could help spark reading interest for a student. And a lot of what draws us to the books on tape is hearing voices of the characters that we might build in our heads. So this helps to bring a disenfranchised learner to reading. Uh, maybe even embed a couple of key points along the way that you want the students to pull from the reading as you're going along in the book. The fourth idea for using podcasting in your classroom comes from students being able to create the podcast themselves. You know, you can have the students create that podcast of reading passages or speaking a foreign language um, and use it for those classes as a way to gauge fluency. With the onset of amazing web tools like Flipgrid and Screencastify and WeVideo, etc., there are lots of ways to create video and then download those as audio only and then have them play it back after you rename them and see if maybe they can figure out who's reading or who's to having a dialogue with them on that podcast so they can try and figure it out. In the meantime, they're really learning to listen to the language that's being spoken and then you can use that to help gauge fluency of the person who's speaking. And so the fifth reason, and I'm sure there's many more we could go over, but one of the, the fifth reason I'm going to go over today with you is that maybe you have your own unique take on professional development and education, that you can start a podcast just like this one. Have you ever considered starting a library of tools that you could share with others based on tips and tricks that you're learning as you progress as a teacher yourself? 
So what we do and how we learn is through collaboration, and podcast is a great way to connect people that you might find in the future that you'll be inspiring someone else to do the same. So it's a great trickle-down effect. And there's probably a host of others I'm not even thinking about at the moment, but I'd love to continue this conversation with some others who might be using podcasts themselves. So feel free to email me at rmstechspot at gmail.com if you'd like to chat about how podcasting has changed your classroom. I'd love to hear from you uh, to, to pick some more ideas to give some best practices of what's out there already being done in your classroom. And I think that, again, that's the most important piece about this podcast is that I want to bring as many people together as possible to build up a network of people who are subject matter experts who like to bring a little tech flair to their lessons. But how do you get started? You know, the whole thing can feel overwhelming, and I can speak from experience there, really. It just takes some commitment on your part. I heard someone speak recently about setting a date and then just making it happen. That way that that date is something like a real deadline that you want to meet. And uh, the things that feel the most overwhelming is starting with equipment. You know, where does one begin? Uh, well, I'll tell you, I'm using the Rodecaster Pro uh, with the Rodecaster Pod mic. And it gives amazing sound quality and control over your podcast. And I am not being paid to endorse this at all, but I really do enjoy using the product. You know, the price tag's probably going to be a little overwhelming, so I'm not going to tell you that right now. We'll say that for the end of the podcast. But really, truly, my recommendation is if you're going to do a podcast, keep it simple. You know, if you're going to make an investment, get a good quality microphone. And I recommend a USB microphone uh, to port directly into your computer. You know, all the computers have some kind of recording software on it. Um, I personally started with the Blue Snowball Ice um, from Blue, and I loved it. You know, for $69 in tax, you can't beat the sound quality for a condenser microphone. Plus, you can use it for all of your online needs for videos and conferencing and audio. So it's really, a, it's a great investment. I've had mine for about six years now, and it still performs like a champ. Uh, it's plug and play. You pick it up, change a couple of settings to know that it's picking up that microphone. Um, and it it's ready to go. It's ready to record in no time. So I say make a recommendation of, you know, picking out a really good microphone to start with if you're going to make that investment. You know, the next thing is pick out a piece of audio software. And many computers already come with some kind of a recorder piece. Even your phone, if you found a nice microphone to clip onto yourself or to use uh, to enhance the audio pickup of your cell phone, you could use your cell phone to record. Um, but pick something that you can edit with. WeVideo is a great editor for both audio and video. And it's great on the Chromebooks, so it's a great way to start a low-cost low, um, low podcast inside your, your classroom that your students can use. Um, and it goes with all other kinds of platforms as well. Apple Macs come with GarageBand, so maybe you can record and edit all in one. Um, Audacity is a free shareware editor that you can record and edit on the PC. So we'll put links to all of those in the show notes, but... Really, that's just just pick out a great piece of software, get a good quality microphone. Um, as I said, I'm currently using Rhodes Pod Mic to broadcast with, and for me, it's an amazing mic with a built-in pop filter to help with any plosives. Um, it does run with an XLR cable, so if you're not using the Rodecaster, you'll want to get a mixer that you can plug into your computer um, to transfer all of that over. So you can start building up, as you can see, um, you know the production pieces that you have. Um, it does work better with phantom power. Um, and so you want to keep that in mind if that's something you're going to start with. But really, the quality of this mic is amazing. Um, it really has added some depth to uh, the podcast. 
Back to the Roadcaster Pro, Rode has created an amazing mixer recorder experience where you can record your podcast directly to the console or your computer. You can record everything on a micro SD card and move it to the computer for later editing, or you can connect the computer right to um, the Roadcaster Pro and send your recordings and record it live on your computer. It's totally up to you. It also has a Bluetooth option, um, an eighth inch cord TSSR connection and a USB connection so that you can connect your phones and your computers for calling guest opportunities. It really is nice and crisp and clear to record directly on that. And I've used it for streaming as well, but we'll talk about that in a second. I'm really excited about trying that option out as far as the Bluetooth and bringing guests in. So um, if you ever want to be on the, the podcast, feel free to contact me. We'll get you on. I'd love to pick your brain. Um, I'm really excited about uh, another cool feature on the Roadcaster Pro, which are the digital touch pads that allow you to store anything you'd like to include in your podcast. Uh, I've included the show's intro and outro, some testimonial pieces, um, other sound bites and sound effects. It does come with some, so you can feel free to use those as well. Um, and you know, Even if they're pre-installed or you put them on there, um, you can put all kinds of stuff, laugh tracks, um, noises, sad trombones, applause, and more. So there is a price tag, and it is a little hefty if you're just starting out a podcast. But if it, as your podcast grows, it is a worthwhile investment, I think, because it's putting out a great quality um, piece for me. It comes in at about $5.99 plus tax and shipping. Um, but given that you're getting an all-in-one console with Phantom Power, with the recording capabilities, with all the different connections, um, you don't need any other separate pieces. So it's actually a really good value. You can actually just take the console with you, hook up your power source and your mics, and, and just hit record and start making a podcast. Um, you don't even need a computer in order to do it. Um, so it does include the Phantom Power for the mic um, that you're going to use. Again, I'm using the Rode Pod mic. So, you know, again, I know that just thinking about all that equipment can be overwhelming. Uh, so that's why I recommend you start slow, going back to pick a really good mic, pick a nice recorder, piece of software, and just start getting some thoughts um, from your brain into um, your recorder. You know, so something like the Blue Snowball hooked to your computer is perfectly fine to get you started. Uh, start playing with audio tracks and editing and, and adding some soundtrack. Give yourself some time to play. Look for some really cool royalty-free music to enhance your podcast as well. I love using hooksounds.com, which is whom I am using for the intros and the outro. Um, for other video projects, I've also used bensounds.com and IncomTech. Um, and in the past, you know, those, again, we'll put all the links to those in the landing page in the show notes. Um, they have what is called the use and mention licensing to them, meaning that you can give them credit in your video or audio project, and they allow you to use the music or sound freely. So anytime you use any royalty-free music, be sure to check the licensing agreement before you actually use it. But, um, you know, that brings us to the next thing. Make sure that when you're looking for music, that you're looking for something that is free of copyright infringement. Now, we push this with our students all the time, but as educators, we have to make sure that we practice what we preach. Uh, so next time, you know, we'll discuss some more about podcasting when we pick up a show, get some maybe some guests that can give us some ins and outs. We'd love to talk about um hosting your podcast and building a web page that could be a whole other lengthy topic but above all else what i want you to do as you take away from our lesson today is just have fun with it you know your students will always be impressed when you're finding something new to use or try in your classroom and you'd be surprised to see how much your students want to help 
that they want to help you figure it out. And it's okay to be a little vulnerable with your students and say, I'm not quite sure how to figure this out. Maybe we can work on this together. It's a great problem-based learning opportunity. It's a great way to show them your vulnerability, but yet your spirit and willingness to try, and they're going to transfer that onto their own learning. And so you really can't get a better experience in the classroom than inspiring the students to do what you're doing and, and model that vulnerability for them. So see if they want to help, you know, form that partnership with your students. It's all about engaging them in the thought process. Well, I think I've given you a lot to think about uh, for this first episode, but I'll be sure to include the links for all the equipment and more in the landing page. Uh, feel free to reach out, say hello, maybe consider being on the podcast to share, or even ask how I can help you at your school or district. You know, reach out to us at www.techstudyhall.org. Or you can email me at rmstechspot at gmail.com. But until next time, I'm Rich here reminding you to give tech a try. Any small step forward is still a part of a greater journey in learning. This has been Tech Study Hall. Class is adjourned. Be well, everybody. Music and sound effects used during Tech Study Hall is provided royalty-free under the Use and Mention License from HookSounds.com. Other music and sound effects are courtesy of BenSound.com and IncomeTech.com. For more information about how you can be a part of Tech Study Hall, contact Rich at rmstechspot at gmail.com or visit www.techstudyhall.org for follow-up information, research, or contact options. 